We're not sober enough for this. Hi. Hey everyone, welcome to the Numbskull Show. I am Mr. Bones, you can call me Bone Coon, and I'm joined with my good friends, um, Maxwell. As you can tell, he is our resident hentai girl. And I'm also joined by another good friend, Furry. How are you doing, Furry? Hey, it's good to be here. Cool. I'm glad you feel that way. Hi. Hi. Anyway, so today's episode is the very first episode of the Numbskull Show, and we're, we're a bunch of big fucking nerds here, so we're, we're just going to go into probably... The greatest nerd activity there is, and we're going to tell stories from it, and that is D&D and other role-playing style games. And we're just going to be telling stories of the good old days of when we actually played this shit. We're not that old. So uh, not every week when we actually try to play D&D. No. The good old days, as in three weeks ago. Yeah, basically. Um, I don't know. Who wants to start off in telling stories, though? I mean, I've, I mean, I've got quite a few. The first chunk's gonna take a while, so I, I mean, I could wait. Uh, <laughs> so my, well, one of mine's long. All I have is product placement. <laughs> oh, what kind of product placement do we have? Uh, well, um, co-host, hand me the bag. Oh, that's. Yep, sound of sound of the bag here. ASMR. Thank you. I'm making sure we got that on the <laughs> recording. Of course you are. Uh, so I got these over at a little card shop in uh, Murfreesboro. Where is my memo? Uh, it's from Grand Adventures Comics and Games. It's for... F- huh? What? Can you say that again? What? What? Yes. What? Why do you say Gr- that? <laughs> Shut up. Chocolate. If you didn't know this, uh, about two hours before we started recording this, it was just a meme session. A very terrible one. So you you should go ahead and uh, use our combat code in uh, Squarespace. It's called HentaiLover69. Or you can use the secondary one, NoobMaster69. Maxwell, you're you're just trying to get views for yourself on something, aren't you? Uh, So I got two character packs. Two character packs here for D and D. Yeah. Uh, no. Tell us about them. Models. Yeah. Tell One us. of them is a full bard. Mm-hmm. And they look like they're from a circus. Ooh. I think. And then one of them is a bunch of demons. I think each patch, each pack has seven. No, this one has six. The uh, let's see. Isn't like the bard one seven? Yeah, because it's like one for each of the seven deadly sins or yeah. something like that. Uh, the bard ones for each of the seven deadly sins. Yeah, it's hand one of those boxes to Maxwell. Let me take a look. Maui Fox, I think that's what it's called. So you can take a look at oh, yeah. it. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be courteous. I didn't know it was that special. Uh, the bard set is called the Crossroads 7. Let's see. Story. Uh, uh, that part doesn't matter. Is it Maui Fox? Is that how you say it? Let me see. Malifo, Malifo, Malifo. Wow. All right, and <laughs> dust. Yeah, my my first D and D character ever was a bard, so that just seems fitting. And they all look pretty fucking demented in their own ways. So I got a nice view of like a D and D and let me kill my on the side of the box right there. Uh, that is pride. Sounds about right. That one's pride. He's too prideful of his own performance. Yeah. 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 I think you got a slash in there as well. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a really. I think really Ellen John's on the piano beast right there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and that's Lindsey Sterling right there. That's definitely Lindsey Sterling, the violin player. Oh yeah. Yeah, lost. Yeah. So that's that's the first set. Um, how much is on that? How much? What's the uh, price tag on that set? Sixty dollars. Sixty dollars. That one was sixty. All right. And this one, Nazer, is that Nazer? I'm not even gonna bother because you would probably make a racial comment, wouldn't you? No. <laughs> that's a lie. No. <laughs> uh, we're gonna say it's Nazer starter box from the uh, Wrath of Kings. Mm-hmm. It's got a swordsman, a hackar, a blood mask, a howl, a rathor, and a longhorn. A longhorn. It's not a toy. They're figures. Who's phone was Shut that? up. I don't know. That was mine. Mine's on a wall. Maybe? It was probably mine. Okay, probably. Hopefully it didn't pick up. Uh, but this one's only a sits character, and it's really nice. Here, I'll hand it off to Maxwell so that he can look at it. Let's get his input on what his first thoughts are on this box. I mean, they look pretty interesting. I really like the Seven Deadly Sins, but uh, I kind of am interested in how they're doing the Demons ones right here. That one does look pretty cool. All right. Thank you, Maxwell. Yeah. <laughs> what's, the, what's the price on the Demons? Uh, that one is $70. All right. $70. So, so, Grand Adventures Comic and Games, they gave me a really good deal on these. Uh, their back wall for D&D minifigs and stuff like that uh, they were having 30% off on anything on the wall but if your purchase came up to a total of 100 plus you got 60% off so I walked away only spending uh, $57.07 it's a really good deal that they got going on right now if that, anyone's in the Murfreesboro area that is actually pretty nice one of those steel Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> we know. So, yeah, that was my most current D&D session. <laughs> and it wasn't even it was, a session. It wasn't even a session. It's going to be. I'm going to use some of these characters, hopefully. All right, whoever wants to take the mic next, that was my product placement for today. All right. Well, uh, I guess we are not sponsored. By the way, that was just a free promotion. Yeah, Hopefully we are. Business. We are not sponsored. We just want to shout out to the great people at uh, Grand Adventures Comics and Games. They are a wonderful group of people. If you are ever in our area, which we will never say where we are. Damn it! I said it. Well, damn. Twice. Anyway, they're wonderful people. Give them a look. See, give them a give them a bit of your money. They'll they'll appreciate it. All right. Now. Now, on to the real meat, the meat of this episode. I'm going to start with a uh, story, story of time. probably my, the, the, the D&D character I've made, and it was the first, like, legit D&D character I made who is very near to, dear to my heart. And mind you, he wasn't only just the first character I ever made, he was also the first homebrew character I made. All right, all right. And... He his name was Dank. Ah, uh, Dank. He he was a half orc paragon, and if you don't know what a paragon is, it's basically a homebrewed paladin where you don't have to be strictly lawfully good, and you don't have to have a specific deity. You can be any deity or ideal. My character's ideal 
that he followed was to spread happiness to other people through the form of alchemical sales because our DM wouldn't allow us to put drug dealer as a profession. And the you're a street pharmacist. Yes, and street pharmacist. A street pharmacist. Oh my That's god. That's how you put it without sounding that mean. And what I basically sold people or tried to sell people was magical mushrooms of questionable properties. Yeah, I, I, I can see Maxwell just looking at me so disappointed. <laughs> I got I got an important question here for you. How much did you sell those mushrooms for? I actually didn't get to sell any of them. Really? Did you have a price in mind? I never got around to being able to sell them because nothing oh. ever popped up to where I could actually sell them. So I didn't get to bullshit a price. Did you oh, force feed somebody mushrooms? I wish. That would have been amazing. I, my strength for, like... Okay, so mind you, it's 3.5 ruling. So there are racial bonuses and deficits, like buffs and debuffs. And so with half works, you get a minus two to your intelligence and charisma, though I rolled well enough to I more than compensated for it. Like I was a very charismatic and quite intelligent for a half work. Also, you get plus two to strength. I rolled an 18 for strength, first roll. Oh shit! So I was at twenty strength, which meant I had a five multiple, a plus five multiplier. Yeah, I, I was a really beefy boy, um, a beefy smart boy. But more importantly, I, I was also the main skill monkey of the of the party. So like I put my skills into like a lot of charisma skills, so like diplomacy, bluff, intimidate, and I also put some things into the more sneaky stuff like move silently and pickpocket or sorry slay of hand um yeah the rogue in our party wasn't very happy about that how i could sneak up and punch him in the back of the face if i wanted to because i my only weapons were spike gauntlets and yeah um but anyway more importantly like i mentioned he was a very charismatic half orc and which brings me into my first story and it was the very beginning of the first campaign i got to use him in Basically, to give context, the whole world is at war with each other. All the races are at war with each other because of the events of the last campaign. Um, so we're, our party wakes up. We're in a cage being dragged over by badgers into a gnomish city. It's like the main cap the capital of the gnome world. We're being dra dragged to the main square where there's a chopping block, an execution ground, basically. And the king is looking us up and down from on top of the platform. And he's talking to all his gnomish citizens saying, fellow gnomes, we have caught these people. We believe our spies and we're not going to take any chances. So we're going to give you all the choice. Either we A, sell them off as slaves to the salt mines where they work the rest of their lives or B, they are put to death and used as meat to feed the populace because you know gnomes. Um, Cannibal gnomes. Why didn't you offer him those mag magic mushrooms no. of questionable properties? I, I didn't have to. Oh no. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, no. Yeah, what yeah. actually happened was it was for some reason I was the first to go. So I just quickly told the DM, hey, can I bluff the king? And he's like, okay, go ahead, roll bluff. I, I rolled bluff. It wasn't a nat 20, but it was because of like how high the roll was and how much I, how many ranks I put into bluff. Yeah, um, 
So I, I bluffed the king. He bought it, and I basically looked up at him from in the cage saying, Excuse me, your highness, but um, you may not have noticed, but I'm actually a gnome. Mind you, I'm a 6'10", very muscular, burly, very healthy-looking half-orc. S- like sitting in a cage. No, not halflings. Gnomes. No, I'm talking about you. You were a halfling. I thought halflings weren't that tall. I'm not a halfling. I'm a half orc. No, half orc. So he's he's mated with another species. It's it's like a human orc. Yeah. Yeah. So I. So that's why I told the king was that I was really a gnome. Everyone, the rest of the people in the party, tried to justify it, saying, "Well, he's only half." On orc, he didn't say what the other half was, and I was like, "No, I'm a full-blooded gnome." Full-blooded gnome, right? And here. the king of the gnomes bought it, and he said, "Well, looks like we have one of our people here by accident. We're we're just gonna let him go." And I was let off scot-free. Everyone else believed it because he was the king. And then our evil earth and firebender kind of tried to do the same thing. Somehow made it, and he he got out as well. Um, we somehow escape, and then our evil monk assassinates the king as we're escaping because the city's under attack. Oh, we wow. burrow a giant hole into the ground with our earthbender. Yeah, it, it was a real shit show. But um, yeah. Fast forward. That was the first session I was a part, and then I missed a couple sessions. Um, so the next session that I was actually a part of. Um, the party had just finished a side quest that because they're trying to make some money, try to learn more about the world. And the whole side quest was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle themed, as in they had to clear out a building of giant talking rats. The lone sur- <coughs> sorry, whoa. <coughs> okay, someone's dying. Yeah, I am. So, but the one survivor of the Toe Clan, as they were called was named Wood and Skin. Yeah, you just let that sink in. Wood and Skin of the Toe Clan. Yeah. I, I absolutely hated it. There's a hidden meaning there. I don't know it. Uh, master Splinter, whose master was killed by the guy, the master of the Foot Clan, Shredder. Yeah. Um, for those of you who didn't know, that's probably absolutely incorrect lore, but I'm going with it. But... The party's already back at the Gnomish City for whatever reason. That's where they got the quest from because they returned for whatever reason. And um, they're trying to talk to the Gnome Clerk, get the reward or whatever. I obviously took no part in it in this quest, and I wanted a bit of money. So I first tried to um, use diplomacy on the Clerk to say, Hey, um, I was... I, I, and part of this group, which is true, can I get a cut of the reward too? And he's like, no, that failed. Um, I then rolled bluff, saying, hey, help out a fellow gnome. That failed. And he started getting a little ticked off. So I tried using intimidate. That was a nat one. And I yelled something about the clerk's mother. And he gets really angry, saying, don't you say something about my mother. Don't bring her into this. So then I said, well, fuck it. I'm going to roll to attack the gnome clerk. I crit the first roll. Oh god! And I'm wearing spike gauntlets, so the spikes just shoot right through the, his head as I punch him. And there, he's kind of stuck on there. So, 
I'll bet you had really good oh, rules boy. trying to persuade them um, while holding a gnome above your head like, hey, I'm not mean. No, no, it, it gets better than that. Oh. No, um, so someone did see, and they ran out and tried to tell the guards. I, I got the clerk off of my, hand, my, my fist, and... I, God, the, the, I was nice to our sorcerer who's a half elf, and I was one point of intelligence below him, so he's like, really? But we, since we were half bloods, we were nice to each other because, like, we half bloods gotta stick together. So he quickly rolls a disguise check, and he disguises me. Well, no, that's, yeah, he disguises me for a bit after this happens. Not the killing of the gnome clerk. But after I decided to roll a hide check, nat 20, and I, oh he, he just, the DM's like, well, you somehow find a very secluded spot in that small office, and you curl into the fetal position. The, the guards walk in, they go, they look at you, they look around, look at you again, and they just think, they say to themselves, you know what, that's a nice boulder. We don't know how it got there, but that's a nice boulder, and they walk out. Afterwards... The half-elf sorcerer, the half-elf sorcerer then rolls a disguise check and disguises me as a half-elf. A very ugly half-elf. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Precious. Ugly half-elf? How old were you? If you had to say. How old was my character? Yeah. I mean, I can't remember. <laughs> I have the character sheet somewhere still, but I don't remember. Um... Like, I'm staring right at it. It's in that red folder, but I'm not going to bother getting oh, it yeah. out. Oh, not, not going to no. shove it for papers. No, I'm not. You know, not get, not give them the ASMR as the uh, plastic bag? <coughs> no. no. I'm pretty sure they'll like that. No. Damn it. No. Um, but, so later on, we're about to get ready to leave this city, but I, I almost metagamed a bit, and my DM called me out on it because we had... One of our guys, who was a dragonborn sorcerer of some sort, yeah, he was in the Gnomish City jail cell, a jail cell, because he and our rogue went to talk to another rogue who's in the jail cell because he's they're part of the same guild, um, and they swap places, and it's like, well, shit. So I was like, hey, let's make sure we have everyone, especially the guy who's probably in a jail cell. And our DM is like, wait, you don't know that. I, I quickly bullshitted him saying, God told me. And he's like, what deity do you have? <laughs> yes. Uh, was my only answer. What deity? Yes. Um, and he said, okay, roll divinity check, divination check or whatever. And I roll a nat 20. And he's oh like, God. you somehow know there is a God. And he's telling you. And then basically that scenario. So we go and get the guy out and we, we leave. And then, I, again, I wasn't able to um, come for another few sessions. And so another one where they made it to, like, a different a different town altogether. And they find me, and I was inserted in with, I am passed out, drunkenly passed out in a puddle of mud, and there's a chicken poking at my face or poking at my head. And I had to roll... Uh, he had to roll and ask my armor class every time just to make sure I didn't take damage even though I was passed out. It was really fucking stupid. From a chicken poking you? Yes. That's amazing. So I I, I woke my character up. I, I got him stood up. He stood up. 
And <laughs> I look at the DM, and I'm like, okay, I'm very sorry. I'm going to commit one of the cardinal sins of gaming. And I roll to punt the chicken. Oh no! And it goes fucking flying. Every fucking guard in that town is now against you. This is Skyrim. Oh no! Oh no! No one noticed it because it was just a fucking chicken. What the chicken? That's that's Legend of Zelda. That's Skyrim. That's what else? What else has chickens? Uh, Mabinogi. You can't even hit chickens in Mabinogi. Legend, no, yours, yours. Fuck. That was the main one though. Just fucking attacked. The chickens attack you. Yeah. Well, it was really some druid disguised as a chicken. We later found out. Oh, so, so that's, that's why no one cared. There. Yeah. Damn. But I disguise myself as a squirrel. Um, I mean chicken. Or chair, But like, but later <laughs> on, a magic but later on, uh, we run into some peasants, and um, the our evil monk decides to animate their their tools for whatever reason. And this is where we learn that magic is outlawed in this city. Ooh. Because oh, they start re- they start trying to cry for the guards, saying, "Guards, guards! There's a witch here." I don't want any of my party members getting screwed by the guards, so I quickly rolled a bluff. First, that I was their childhood friend that worked. I then diplomacy slash bluffed them into believing they were the witches. Oh, so this is a uh, Salem trials. My question is, how do you bullshit them and think they're your childhood friend? Hey, you. You just. Me? It's just you gotta roll the polyhedron boys well enough. <laughs> yep. I mean, hey, I just grew a little bit. I remember from like preschool. You remember, I fucked your sister. <laughs> how dare you? What? Oh wait, that's right, you did. <laughs> but no. Um. Oh yeah, I was in the same room, wasn't I? But no. Um. With um, <laughs> oh, when the like when the guards finally came over, um, uh, when the guards finally came over to, from the cries of the the witch, the call for blood for the witch, um, there was like, the the by this point the peasants completely believe they're the witches. I look over to the guard. I look at the peasants and go, "I'm sorry, guys." Look over to the guards, point at the peasants, saying, "They're the witches." Like and just two, just two, oh, okay. just two of them, and they fucking burn the peasants on the spot with oh my divine God. fire to ashes. Divine fire, and that's where I learned. Okay, not only is magic um, outlawed in this town, but the guards seeing the sigil of Palor on the, the sun and fire god on their tabards, and the fact that they have powers of divine magic. Paylor has a strong influence in this town. Probably so. But, I'm going to get more on that later. But my question is, isn't that in theory using magic? Why would that not be outlawed? Because there's different different types of magic in the D&D world, and divine magic is given to you by a god. And if you're using it within that god's will, there's some technicalities you can get away with. But... Before I get into more about what I did with this information, we're about we're getting ready to travel into the next part of town, which is a nicer part of town. So the whole party's thinking like, okay, we need to get nicer clothes so we don't stick out like sore thumbs. So we go to this clothing shopkeeper, and everyone's looking around. I joined the party a little late. I'm a really big dude. I don't know what's going to work on me, or even if they have anything that fits me. 
And so I go up to the counter to where the merchant is, and I say, hey, um, I'm sorry to bother you. I know you're a busy person. We couldn't tell just from the DM's voice if it was a sassy lady or a really gay guy. We couldn't. And so I said, hey, I, I'm sorry to bother you. I know you're a really busy uh, shopkeep, so I, I'll try to make this quick. Just got a couple questions. My friends know what works for them. I don't know what you have that would fit me. As you can see, I'm a really big guy. And I don't know if you have anything that fits or what would even look good. So if you could give me a few pointers, that'd be great. And he, he, the DM looks at me and just goes in the voice of the merchant saying, mm, well, if I had my way, I'd say nothing at all, big boy. I, oh boy. Yeah, I quick I I, I stop Ooh. for a second saying like what is this getting into and then I'm like I'm just gonna roll with it and I just told the shopkeeper because chaotic neutral. Oh no. Yeah, mind you, this character is chaotic neutral. Um I, I look at the shopkeeper and say, That could be arranged. No roll. Just that could be arranged. And the shopkeep goes, Follow me upstairs. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, As we're going up the stairs, the DM tells me, okay, buddy, roll for a detect trap. I detect I detect, oh my God. I detect a trap. Are you ready? My body is ready. And he just does a big clap and just yells throughout the apartment that we were playing D&D in. You have sex with a man. <laughs> oh, my God. Literally. Yeah, and it's like. There you go. I was like, okay, I knew what I was getting into. So, like, I'm not even mad. Especially since I'm just going to get into orcish tendencies later on during this. And he's like, what do you mean? Upon climax, because I know I'm the top, I'm going to um, attack the merchant and punch him directly in the back of the head with my spike gauntlets, because I don't take those off. Praying mantis? After sex, you just... Basically, that's what happens. His head explodes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you're and right. And then, of course, everyone's so, making the jokes of like, oh, Orcish Tennessee is rape and pillage, you know, that sort of thing. Because I later raid the room looking for valuables, and I stole a journal that I never read. That could have been his last will and testament. You're just like, fuck that. I got a journal. Basically. I never read it. I don't know what's in it. To this day. Um, so as I'm exiting the room, I forgot to specify that I put my clothing and armor back on. The monk tries to find out what's going on, so she comes upstairs. I walk out stark naked in front of her. In all my or- half-orcish glory. What color is your skin? Pale green. So you look like Shrek, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we got Shrek. Just but, like a really, but like a really muscular Shrek without the stupid fucking ears. And a very, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's hung. It, I, am, I am hung like a Tarrasque in this case. And the, I remember after that session, the DM's like, oh, orc dick, okay, it can't be that big. I almost dropped my actual pants up from me. He's like, please don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> because chaotic neutral, even out of game. But, no. Um, yeah, so I walk out start making it. I had to... Bluff and use diplomacy on the monk, and I succeed to convince her that nothing happened at all, and they're just having a hard time right now, and they need some alone time. And she buys it and walks down the stairs again. I go back and put in my clothes back on, take the journal, and um, I, I walk out. And so we, so we all walk out. Everyone's got new clothing. We all walk into the next part of the city. It's a nicer part of the city. 
Mind you, each section of the city is walled off with these really tall walls from each other. Maybe. Hold on, this ain't the politics podcast. No, it's not. That's, that's another episode. Trump. It's the ruler's trump card against everyone. Yes. That's what he meant. But, anyway, um, we go into this nicer part of the city. And we find we go into this big courtyard area, and there's this great big church to Paylor. And it's like, okay, well, the priest of Paylor, who runs the church, uh, can detect alignments, and he's raving mad at our monk who has an evil alignment. And well, basically, the monk sends him to the shadow realm where he can't escape. And so while everyone's off doing their own thing, she's getting ready to turn the church into a church for her deity. And I decide, you know what? Paylor has a strong influence in this town. If I find some priest robes and maybe an amulet or some sort, I could possibly pose as a priest. And if we get in trouble, I, I've got pretty good roles and my bluff skill's really good. I could get us out of trouble. These were my initial thoughts. The DM kind of figures where I'm going with this, and he lets me find a set of robes that fit and an amulet. Upon putting them on, the god Paylor himself is contacting me through my mind, saying, Mortal, you are now the vessel of my will. I have a job for you. I'm like, all right, Paylor, what's up? And he goes, silence. I'm like, okay, but what's the job, Paylor? Burn the non-believers. Burn <laughs> my... Oh, no. I, I no, then no, no, stopped no, no. to ask, saying, like, ah, uh, can I get a clarification on what you mean by that, Paylor? Silence. Good talk, Paylor. Good talk. Good talk, buddy. That's normal deity. Did you just get converted to that deity? I, he basically became my deity, and I became a priest of Paylor. That burns all non believers, apparently. I, I, I. That does come into play. Dank is. Dank. Dank became Dank the Spanish. Priest. He became the Spanish Inquisition. Um, no one expects this. No one does, especially from a half orc. Definitely from a half orc. Okay, so okay, so the last part that I actually got to participate in this campaign just went way downhill after I got those priest robes because some guards do come up to us saying, "Hey, we need you to take you to. <coughs> we need to take you to the palace. There's some people who want to talk to you. We have a few questions. Like, okay." We're being escorted. Um, we're being escorted into the next part of the city, which is all night, much nicer. And we notice there's only humans in this part of the city. Like, okay, that's weird. We go into the center wall area, and it's just one tall tower. We go in, but before we go in, um, there's like a barrier around it that keeps evil out, and. They, they, we had to play a game of telephone up to me because I'm at the front because I got priority. I'm the priest of Paylor. And in this case, that means I can detect alignments. And um, they do a game of telephone to me if I can detect magic and if I can detect if it's evil or not. I'm like, okay. We do that. It was almost botched because one guy who was new to the game joined us and the guy who's the sorcerer gave him a filler character named Dono. Dono was a half-orc barbarian 
who had a good in wisdom so he could he could tell what was going on, but his intelligence was low enough to where all he could say was his name, which was Dono. Dono, Dono, Dono. Exactly. Dono. He, he was the Pokemon. And so, but it, it didn't get botched. We successfully did a game of telephone. But anyway, our vendor and our monk stayed outside. They stalled the guards for a while just to like say, oh, my shoelace is untied. You're wearing sandals. Shut the fuck up. Anyway, uh, uh, but so the rest of the party goes inside and they go up these long, long flights of stairs up to the top into like this big office throne, like a library throne room sort of thing. Was it like a tower to reach God, like one of those really fucking tall towers? In a way, it was at least taller than the walls that surrounded the different parts of the city. And there was a big window to the south and there was a chair in front of it looking out like, okay. And there's this big paladin in black armor with a sigil of Paylor on his chest. Well, the people who were in the last campaign recognized him as Solaire, who was the pa the paladin, who was one of the player's character. Mind you, this was a um, technically a Rick and Morty-themed uh, campaign, so multiverse theory, different universes, different timelines. And Solaire's asking the... The, our sorcerer who survived the last campaign what happened how are you still alive because the sorcerer died in his world and as they're doing that I, I'm just staying quiet I'm just looking around and the we hear a voice coming from the chair looking out towards the south window and it's like look at this wall I built it myself this is one of my greatest achievements turn around and it's this world's Trump named God Emperor Trump all right, all right. And and he and it gets better. Yes, I have a question. Okay, so this this revolves around the entire story. Uh, in the very beginning, it sort of sounded like Skyrim, how you guys entered the city. Um, just want to point that out. But now it sounds like Star Wars, and like the uh, the pal the Black Knight Paladin sounds like Darth Vader, and it's just Palpatine looking out the window. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I think there's several movie references getting quoted from this. Basically. Yeah. I would not be surprised. But, um, it's really good, but, um, by the way. He turns around and, yeah, it's God Emperor Trump. That his name is Trump. Trump. Yes. With a hard F. And I, I quickly ask him, say, Emperor Trump, I am a new initiate into the Order of Paylor, and the priesthood of Paylor, and I must say, I am greatly awed by this city's devotion to Paylor. You must be such a devout follower. And he just said, no, I, I am the only god I need. The de Ooh. like, uh, And we're like, I'm like, oh shit, I have to kill him, don't I? And, uh, and the DM's like, well, you are tasked to burn the non-believers. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh boy. So uh, I first tried, con I tried using diplomacy to, um, convince Trump to jump out the window and kill himself and he's like no how about you kill yourself and I'm like okay and I curl up in a field position make some fake death gurgles and he's like look I am the greatest sorcerer in the world oh my god and mind you I detect I could detect magic and he is actually a very powerful lightning mage in this yeah oh my god that was right I had this spot on yeah so that's sad and mind you, Solaire in this case is the head guard for God Emperor. 
And anyway, we're we're they're chatting it up a bit more. Trump is still going on about his wall. And I look over at Solaire and I quickly rolled a diplomacy check that somehow surpassed his um that surpassed any sense of motive that he could do. Or any sort of like will save or whatever. And I look over at him and whisper really harshly, This man's a non believer and you serve him? You are a disgrace to Paylor, do your job. Solaire just stands there for a second, draws his sword, and goes, Well, boys, we got a job to do. Oh, my God. They all attack Trump. They all fall out the window as Solaire's impaling Trump with his sword, and he's getting electrocuted by the electric mage powers. Yeah, that whole that whole um, campaign went really downhill. I wonder why. And that was the last I got to participate in that campaign. Did they boo you out of it or something? No, I just wasn't able to show up. Wow. That's sad. So, uh, for one of the parts, you were pretty much Hitler. No. I was With the th- influence of Hitler. No, I was just a Spanish doggo. Sorry, my dog. Sorry, my jump. God. My dog? Sorry, my dog is being antsy. But, um, yeah. That, that campaign went really downhill once I became part of the Spanish Inquisition. I wonder why. Chaotic no one, neutral. <laughs> no one that spets it. Especially from a chaotic neutral. Well, maybe. Uh, so anyway. Maybe from like a, a lawful. Anyway, um, I got one more story, but I'm going to pass this over to Bradley so he can tell a story or two. And then I'll finish off with one more story. Well, this first one I'm going to start off with is really short. I don't have notes for it, but it's it's the one and only time I ever broke my DM, and I wish I could do that again. Uh, this was this was back when I f- was first learning D&D, and uh, we were doing a fate-based system, which is a, a really simplified version of 3.5. And uh, I made my first ever character named Devlin, who wasn't really good, but he wasn't bad. He was pretty much the definition of a true neutral, because I did a bunch of dumb shit. And uh, I dump statted him, which is not the best thing to do. I didn't know what the abilities and stuff did. This man had two hit points for health and two will points. He was literally a defenseless child. But uh, my highest stat was rapport. I was really good at sweet talking people, and I used that constantly. I was literally a fuck machine, kind of like a bard, and I flirted with everything in sight. Um, oh, you're like a, a mouthy glass uh, cannon. A mouthy yeah. glass cannon, exactly. I was going to say that. Uh, my, first, my first highest stat, which was a 5, which I turned into a 6 as fast as possible, was Rapport. And my second one was Arcane Arts. I literally wanted to be a sorcerer boy, but that could fuck anything in sight. Why? Because <laughs> it was the funnest thing ever. I like the idea. <laughs> I mean, not going to lie. It's a pretty fun idea going on. Yeah, his uh, first name was Devlin, and uh, the last name was Inside or something like that. It was something like kind of edgy, but it was like devil, but he was an angel. Kind of be- he, he, was a, he believed in the deity of uh, purity, which was uh, Sir something. I don't remember the name of the goddess. but um, So the funniest thing I did to break my DM was uh, I met one of the king's guards of one of the main towns named Sylvanus. And he was a beefy boy, beefy boy. He could snap my neck with his four, with his finger, pretty much. Um, Thanos. Yeah, or his calves. Oh my god. Ooh, my my DM gave me a good go. description of him. Good Thanos. 
<laughs> yeah, the Phantas Fury. But Sylvanas was a thick boy. He was a big boy. And it was, it was great. Uh, he gave me, like, a huge description of him. And I was like, is he single? And he was like, I don't know. Why don't you ask him? And he went on to a whole, like, discussion. I was talking to him just nonchalantly. And uh, I was like, I'm going to fuck him. My DM just looked at me. Uh, his name was Jordan. He just looked at me. He's like, are you sure? I didn't know at the time. But uh, his lore, pretty much... His wife died to one of the gods, and his one, like, true thing is just to kill that god. And uh, he never wanted to love again. So I was like, but he never told me this. He never told me this until about a month later. And, like, he, he said he would never fall in love again. Pretty much that was part of his lore. I went up to him, and I was like, so, uh, I want to roll rapport. Okay, what do you want to say to him? Uh, I want to say, hey, where'd you get that armor? Did you get it on sale? Because at my place, it would be 100% off. Oh god. And my DM just looked at me and said, roll it. I rolled it and then used all my fate points to change it to a plus four. So I rolled a twelve against that man. He rolled a five. So he had to look at me in the eye. This man's completely straight, by the way. And he had to look at me and go, Why don't you uh take me there and we'll find that out? And I just looked at him and everybody just started busting up laughing at the table. He put down his dice crawled under the table and literally just crawled up on the ball under the table and i was just looking there everybody was laughing their ass off like two of them ran into the other room where there's another session going on and just started telling everybody about it it became like a whole discussion and every time my character ever tried to flirt they would always say it was never as good as the time you talked to sylvanas it's pretty much i had a legend and i st they still talk about it like one of my friends texted me a couple days ago and they literally said someone broke <laughs> what <laughs> Sorry to interrupt the story. My uh, my roommate is drunk at the bar and she's underage. Oh no. <laughs> oh boy. That's illegal, isn't it? Um, uh, does she does she need help? No, she's out with. Because uh, I'm still completely sober, I can go drive her if she needs she's it. She's out with Jiffy. I don't know who Jiffy is. We ain't saying his real name. No idea so who it is. Jiffy Lube is the perfect name for him. Well, that, that's, that's one of my shorter stories. I pretty much broke my DM, and it was it was probably the only legend I'll ever have at that school that I, I went to. It's, it's really depressing, but at the same time, it's fucking hilarious. Uh, I got two more stories. I can either talk about the time we start a story arc by putting him in a bag of hold, uh, the main villain in a bag of holding, or I can talk about the time I had to get my bard to fuck a Hydra for me. Fuck a Hydra. <laughs> fuck a Hydra. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Okay. Write in the comments now what you want him to do. A. Fuck a Hydra. B. Not tell a story. <laughs> or C. Fucking kill myself. Or just talk, talk, start talking in the game theorist voice. That too. I can do all of them. Let's not choose option C. We need him for this podcast. Do it. Do it. Choose C. Okay. If you choose C, it'll be a live action too. I mean, you can animate it. I mean, no, no, not do an animation right now. Action. On Facebook, uh, <laughs> Facebook Live, yeah. Okay, so let's let's go with the Hydra story then. So, um, when I was um joining another session, kind of, I or I was joining another session in Fate based. I didn't have a character prepared, and they were already in the middle of a story. So one of our characters, one of their main characters, wasn't there. So I took uh, their sheet. It was uh, my best friend, and uh, his character was a girl named Sikos, and she was. A different dimensioned goddess of luck who lost her abilities for the most part except that she's really fucking lucky and uh, one of her aspects was luckier than karma's who is uh, the goddess of luck in uh, his world so I didn't know how to play his character 
Um, so I was really fucking confused. I met the uh, goddess of luck, Karmas, and she pretty much stole my luck. I don't know how to explain it, but she touched me, and it felt like I had everything drained from me. I felt just empty. And it was pretty much her stealing all of my luck for the time being. So she sent me, uh, she sent me off alone to go find a dog, which what I didn't know at the time was she actually despised me and she was trying to get me killed. She stole my luck and it sent me off to my death because that there was no fucking dog. And uh, the the shittiest part was they sent the she sent the rest of the group to go find a colt and stop them. Like they get to do the most badass thing and I just go to go find a fucking dog. So, I ended up in one of the most dangerous swamps of the world, which is pretty much acid. If you touch it, you pretty much get eroded. And, uh, I was searching for this dog, just calling out fucking, I think it was like Sparky or some shit, some fake-ass name that you wouldn't expect for a dog, but at the same time, there was dogs with that name, so you're kind of like, eh, it could, it could be real. So, <laughs> so fucking stupid, but, uh, I was calling out Sparky when I heard a small rumbling. I looked down into the middle of the swamp. And uh, a fucking Hydra pops out. What I did, I, I tried to roll like a lore to figure out what it was. I didn't know what it was because it was so far away. Um, I rolled a one. So I thought it was a two-headed dragon. I thought it was just a big dragon boy. So my first thought was, I got to cut its head off. Stop it at the source. I didn't have a sword. What I didn't know was uh, this character, Seacos, is based off crafts. She has no hit points or will either. She's all about crafts and pulling out what she needs out of a fucking satchel but that's based off luck too i pulled out a fucking thumbtack what the fuck? a fucking thumbtack <laughs> it made me very sad as you can tell um so this thing starts approaching me out of the swamp and i'm like i can't walk into that i will die what am i gonna do with this thumbtack Nothing. That's what I'm going to fucking do. I started just bolting, just running, trying to find anything that could poss potentially help me. Uh, so I started looking through the character sheet. And uh, in uh, <laughs> the best way to say it, I had one thing that could have been useful, and I had to use it. I had a deck of wonders. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, uh, can you clarify, was that deck or was that dick? Both. Both. All right. Yeah, you just got to stroke it and it just shoots out a card for you, you know? But uh, it was a deck of wonders. That works. So, I didn't know what was in this deck of wonders. I kind of just asked the DM, hey, what's in this? And he's like, don't worry. It's not like the like literal one. It's based off luck, though. So, I had to roll luck. Or, I had to roll luck to be able to pull a card out of it. Um, it's kind of hard when you have a zero base stat when it's usually a five. So I rolled and used all of my fate points to just change it to a plus four, hoping for just anything. And uh, they, I pulled a card that let me pull someone to me. It literally let me pull anybody in the entire world for me kind of thing. It's kind of just like a portal that opens up and pulls somebody. I wanted to pick someone that could help me. So I decided, DM, why don't you choose for me? Who do you think would help me right now? He just pointed to, my, to our bard. His name was fucking... Um, it was Edward Stanson, I believe. Something like that. It was Edward something. He's a bard. Good name for a bard. He, he was a bard, but an electricity bard? I don't know how to explain it. It's, he's kind of like performance, like doing cool tricks like a magician, you know? But he's electricity-based. This motherfucker comes in, just fucking pops out of nowhere, holding a cultist hood. Oh like, a red cultist hood. He's like, I almost had him. What the fuck? 
<laughs> like we were we were kind of just splitting up between the two and he was in the middle of yanking one of the people towards his group to kind of interrogate him and figure out something he was just holding a fucking uh yeah this hood of the guy and it was like a big old a big ass red hood and it seemed to anger the hydra he looked at it and he was just like what the fuck did you do like he just blamed me instantly i didn't know what the fuck was going on half the time i was just like come on man i just i just had a thumbtack i just and then he's, he's like i got this i got this he uh goes through his entire uh, his entire satchel he just starts searching through all of his fucking pockets this hydra's still coming at us by the way like the entire time while we were talking and just sitting there for a second it's still just running at us in pure just rage i think the red hood it was like going after the red hood you know like a fucking bull or something yeah <sighs> Motherfucker pulls out a goddamn guitar and just starts playing it. I don't know why. It did not stop that fucking Hydra. It was still coming at us full speed, just barreling towards us. So he, he, he abandoned that plan and starts just making himself look bigger. You know, like you're trying to scare a bear or some shit. Yeah. I don't... You this know, man you puff out your chest and you put your arms back and it's like, hey... Yeah, like he was trying to intimidate it. Me. He rolled an intimidation and failed it, obviously. But it kind of like slows down. It's kind of like weirded out by him actually standing up to it. I guess. Yeah. It must have been a fucking mass masochist or some shit, because it started like liking it. I guess. I don't know. It just stopped like being all aggressive. Him trying to be aggressive. Like the pain. I know, but like, what is it called when it likes someone that's like dominant? What is what is it called when they're like? Oh, it might have been a sub. Yeah, yeah that shit. Yeah. He was a, it might have been a sub because it was starting to get weirded. Like, it stopped, kind of, because it was, like, interested in him trying to be all big and mean it to fucking have been a brat. it. It could have been a brat. It could have been a brat. <laughs> but, but it's a big-ass goddamn Hydra. Why the fuck would it stop to a man, a tiny man? This was a fucking, he was a, he was not a halfling. He was a, uh, no, he was, like, dwarf. he was a, no, he was a dwarf. Yeah, you're right. He was a dwarf. He was probably, yeah, like, four foot, trying to be mean to probably, like, a 20-foot fucking Hydra. And it started getting interested in him trying to be all big and mean. That's the way it goes. So, my board just kind of abandons all of his other plans, besides, like, the intimidation. He's like, I want to try to fuck this thing. He literally tells that to the DM. The DM just starts laughing. That's how you know it's a good sign, when he starts laughing. So, first roll for, like, a rapport check. Two fucking two and it's <laughs> i guess the dm was like smiling upon him because suddenly all of his pluses that the dm rolled suddenly changed suddenly changed to minuses my god he's fucking changing his own dice to let this happen like he's fucking manipulating the dice just to let him fuck this goddamn hydra you know what you're gonna fuck this hydra and you're gonna enjoy this pretty much hydra. <laughs> Like, god damn it. You know it's bad when the DM's like, I want to see what happens. Switch, 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 minus, minus. That's amazing. No, right. but he fucking just let him do it, pretty much. It's, it's, it goes on from there for like 20, or like, probably not 20. It felt like 20 because it was so long and embarrassing in a way. But it was probably like five or six turns of just him going, hey, let me stick my dick in you. And you had to sit there watching him seduce a hydra. Pretty much. Did you watch him fuck it? I don't want to talk about that. That means yes. I'm scarred for life. I know. And that became an inside joke. Every time um, that the player that originally owns the character comes back, it's like, you remember that Hydra? What Hydra? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm done for a second. That's good. That's good. Oh, God. Well, give me a moment. I've got to pull up discord
for this last story. Oh, you do? Yeah, because it's, you know, Discord RP. Ah. Yeah. Right. Um, give you some context. This um, Discord RP is a, like a Pirates of... Um, what, Caribbean? No, not Pirates of the Caribbean, but more like One Piece sort of thing, but there's no Devil Fruit powers. Ah, uh, okay. It's just Pirates, Navy, shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Pull up the... Okay, found it. <coughs> Ooh, sexy. Thank you. Um, but basically, I, I called this story, um, and it's based off of something I said in the um, thing. But it's called the uh, the what's it called again? Oh yeah, the Niagara Viagra Rush. <laughs> I'm disappointed. I'm, di I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in this now. Anyway, so this this story is simply called the Niagara Viagra Rush, and this is like my first thing. Could you stop showing memes while we're working? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can be anything you want to be. I want to be a speed bump. Multiple use speed bump. That tractor trailer is going to hit every tire. You're going to have to send me those pictures so I can put them in for the video. Yeah, yeah we know. We know. Okay, fine. Anyway, so this story is based off of something I said in this session that I am in called the Niagara Viagra Rush. Yeah. And you're gonna find out why. So basically, I start off on this island um, away from everyone else. And mind you, my character's name is Waco Waveseeker, <laughs> based off of a certain Yu-Gi-Oh character. I wonder. Yeah. Anyway, Mako Tsunami. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but my character's lore was. He was raised in the mountains, and he had a weird obsession with the sea. Um, and anyway, he, he's going it, like after some bandits or pirates torched the forest he was in. He lived in in the mountains. He had to go, and he's he's basically going off and being a bounty hunter, figure out who did it. So anyway, I, I leave this hut that I was renting as a renting as a room to stay in. And I, I start exploring the island of Midway. Could you shut up, Discord? No. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I am exploring the island. It's it's it everything's basically on stilts elevated and there's multiple stories to this town. And every all the buildings are made of wood, straw, reeds, anything like that. And as I'm walking around, I see people going about their daily lives, and they're the DM of this says you see people going about the daylights. A madman with a ridiculously long fishing pole is uh, fishing from several dozen meters up. Like uh, he is way up high because there's multiple stories to this town. I'll put yeah, that at the yeah. end. Um, <laughs> multiple stories in this town. Yeah, but yeah, the whole town is multiple stories up, and. So this guy with the fishing pole is way up high. So I'm like, okay, 
I'm going to go up to the, uh, I, I tell the DM, I'm going to make my way up to the madman with his fishing pole. Totally to get a better view of the city. Totally, yeah. He says you make your way up the long stairs and ladders to reach one of the highest levels of the city where the man fishing is. I ask as he's sitting, how close is he to the edge? How big is this man? Oh, God. He says he is sitting on the edge of the platform, his legs dangling off the cliff. He doesn't seem to be too concerned about it, though. Fairly normal-looking guy, bit buff, taller than average, and said where he's wearing. I sit next to him and say, how's your day going? Any bites so far? The, uh, he replies with, a few. Day's still young, though. I'll get one for sure. Good, good. I respond back. How deep is the water, and how high up are we, do you reckon? <laughs> He's, uh, the DM says, you, can, you can't tell how deep the water is from here, but it is, it is a base, so it would be deep enough. You are several stories above the natural ground. I look over to the guy sitting next to him and go, Oi, buddy, you ever heard of the Niagara-Viagra rush? I hear it's quite a thrill. <laughs> or at least, so I've been told, don't know much about it myself. It's a bit of a dance of sorts. Guy goes, nor I haven't. And I just say, shame, neither have I. What do I need to roll to grab him around the neck and pull him off with me? No! Niagara, Viagra. He says, like, that would be a grapple. How do I roll? I asked, how do I roll that? So I know how the system works with this game. He tells me, I roll, and I have to beat his strength check, basically. So I roll, I roll a 17, he goes, he gets a 20 with everything added up. And he says, you attempt to grab him, but he grabs you and pulls you over him, and you're now dangling over the cliff with his elbows around your neck. He oh calmly God. says, if I'd put myself in such a dangerous position on an island like this Lungly, I'm either an idiot or strong. If I was an idiot, I would be long dead by now. I calmly reply back, fair point. But, you see, they call it the Niagara-Viagra rush because as you fall towards the water, the blood rushes from your head to your dick, making it hard and lasting for a few hours. The ladies love it. Wait, so you're like, I don't know much about it. Holy shit. When he catches you. Um, oh my god. <laughs> DM says he knows a brace on his wrist. It has a sharp metal object protruding from it, like an Assassin's Creed blade. Oh, god damn it. I say, nice beast you got there. Mind I ask where you got it from? He goes, oh, you're interested in this? Then how about I show you and try this Niagara-Viagra rush you're telling me about? He bends over and you both fall off the platform. You're now free-falling towards the water. <laughs> now that's what I'm talking about! I yell back at him. Man, the Assassin's Creed You know, like, from that height, water's like concrete when you fall into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. And you're trying to dive with him. Yeah, well, he, he's basically diving with me now. So you're both falling headfirst? Uh, basically with our backs toward the water. Oh, you're, you're not going to live through that. You're not That's going to hurt. I quickly it's yell at him bad. also saying, oh, and I've never actually done this before. I made it up on the spot. If we survive and it works, I owe you a pint and flash him a thumbs up as we're falling. <laughs> My God, this is great. I, um, I try to force his grip off and push him away, but it doesn't work. And he's just said, I just go, ah, shite. And he's like, hey, now it's your funeral if you escape. Just hold on. Um, <laughs> uh, you're falling with your back to the water. You see his arm pointing straight up at the platform above you with the brace pointed upwards. Bang! A cord f fires out of the brace at high speed and goes fuck and attaches into a platform. 
And then when I realize it's a grappling hook, I just go, ah, you're no fun. I like it, though. Reminds me of home. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's always the best response there. You both slow down considerably as the cord attaches itself to the platform. The force of slowing down so quickly is very painful, and you both crash into the water at high but not dangerously high lethal speed. I ask if either of us have gone unconscious from the impact. He says, no, the impact wasn't fast enough. I say, cool, and I swim to the surface to find the man. You both surface, and you're both a few dozen meters from the shore. Um, Handled yourself well there, snapper, the guy says to me. You're the first one who didn't piss himself on the way down. I like you, kid. His cord is still extended all the way to the platform. <laughs> Presses the button, the cord slowly lifts him up out of the water like a crane. Well, I'm a few feet away from him. And I look at him up and yell at him, meet me at the bar of your choice. Look down at my pants. I do indeed owe you a drink. Raise a thumbs up. The DM thought I was checking to see if I actually pissed myself, and I, I correct him saying I was referring to the fact and checking to see if my dick was hard. <laughs> and he just told me make a flat d20 roll I rolled a 2 and the guy no a 2 Uh-oh. and the guy it yeah, says Don Quixote is 4th level and then tells me you are very flaccid <laughs> I yell back saying gotcha and then I mutter to myself saying damn it and the guy says see you tonight har 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 he, he laughs as he ascends until you can't hear him anymore and I just say, fucking legend. Really ought to get to know the guy. And then that's it for that part of it. Really? What would you want to say? Damn. Like, it rolled like a fucking 20 or like a 12. Like, a 20 is like, you've been never been harder in your entire fucking life than right now. And probably like a 10 would have been like, yeah, you're kind of there. Yeah, I had to mark off this experiment as like a, well, this was a failure. <laughs> yeah. Didn't work. That That was, that was good. Thank you. Is that is that was it just like a one shot thing or was that uh, just no, the beginning it's, of it? It's it's an ongoing game. A bunch of people on Discord in this Discord server are playing. Can we talk about our one shot? Uh oh, no. Because um, we're we're running out of time. We're are only- we we are currently at an hour and one minute in the uh, recording on my side. We're at an hour and two here. All right, not that far about. But I just hit an hour and two. <coughs> Wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. Hee <laughs> hee. Anyway. Well, that's going to be wrapping it up for this episode here on... Mountain Dew, sponsor us, please. Please. Monster. Uh, please. 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 Anything. Give sponsor. Give us your money. Give yes, us money please and sponsor us. So that we can continue making this show. But no. Um, but thank you, that's going to wrap it up for us here on the first episode of the Numbskull Show. Um, we hope you enjoyed what you heard, if at all. Um, if you do, please like and subscribe on whatever platform you're on and keep hearing we're going to be trying to upload and record regularly mm-hmm. i don't really know how but we're going to try it's going to happen it's going to happen mm-hmm. and when you need car or need service or repairs call mitchell mr transmission we're not sponsored have a great rest of your <laughs> night everyone or day i don't give a fuck that's all from us at the numbskulls i'm mr bones And this has been a great time with you here with Maxwell and Furry. See you next time. And what can I say except may I offer you some mushrooms of questionable properties? Shut up. (laughs)